Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome on into this live Rooted Podcast brought to you by our awesome sponsors over at Green Bros, home of the world's leading harvesting solutions for the hemp and cannabis space. Tim Strombel coming to you from up above the MJ Biz 2019 trade show in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. We're here on the second day of the trade show recording podcast with some amazing guests today, including our upcoming release next week with Green Bros CEO Colin Reichert and Boveda's Director of New New business development, Lance Lambert. Those two companies are doing some cool stuff together, so stay tuned. I assure you this was a wonderful podcast to record, and it will be a great listen, so stay tuned for that next week. I had a great time with those two and can't wait to give that episode out to the public. As for this show, we're about to welcome in Gillian Levy, the co-founder and CEO of Humboldt Apothecary, a California-based company up in the Emerald Triangle that is using herbal alchemy to create human harmony and an elevated state of mind. Now, what's the appeal to having Gillian on the show, you ask? Why should you listen to this show? Well, Humboldt Apothecary, it's at a very interesting stage of their business growth. They've been around for a couple of years. Now they're attending MJ Biz, which many think is the Super Bowl of cannabis B2B trade shows. They're looking for opportunities to grow their business and take it to the next level. So I want to ask Gillian, what is a trade show like this, a B2B trade show, the Super Bowl of trade shows, if you will, offer for a company that's not exhibiting, a company that's walking, a company that's looking to learn more about relationships in the industry, how they can grow and expand. What are they looking to get from something like this? How does this show offer something very different from the more culture-y cannabis cup type shows, but it High Times Cannabis Cup, uh, an Emerald Cup, more consumer-facing shows. How are they different? We've covered a lot of large companies in the past, and we'll continue to hit on those points next week when we have Green Bros and Bovida sit down with us and share that podcast with you. But since this is a show for all levels of business, for all levels of entrepreneurs, I know that this journey that Jillian and her team is on, it's as unique and valuable as anything else we've covered on the show to date because all of our businesses and all of our entrepreneurs who listen to this show might be at a different point in their growth, a different stage in their development. So this information might be as valuable as anything else we've talked about on the show. So I can't wait to share it with you. We're going to welcome in Gillian here in here in just a second to get that insight. But first, a quick shout out to our awesome sponsors over at Green Bros, the home of the world's premier dry harvesting solutions from small scale cultivations all the way up to commercial grows. Green Bros dry trimmers, trichome extractors, destemmers, sorters, batchers, the box. All of these machines want to save you time, money, and labor without sacrificing quality and the end product that goes to the consumer. Check out greenbros.com or call 844-DRY-TRIMMER to schedule a demo in your area or to talk with the salesperson in your area who can consult with you, tell you exactly what you need to take your cultivation and your harvest to the next level. Okay, you can also check out Green Bros at various trade shows across the country. They were up in Lyft Toronto, uh, up in Lyft Vancouver, all over Canada. Uh, they'll be at Indo Expo out in Denver at the end of the month. So if you're out there, make sure you stop by the Green Bros booth as well. But don't forget to check out Green Bros. Dot com. Okay, without any further ado, let's welcome in Gillian to the podcast and we'll throw it to the live recording. So Gillian, welcome on into the show. How are you on day two of MJ Biz? What a day, right? I'm doing great. I'm super happy to be here with you and um, yeah, really excited to be part of your podcast. And you were here yesterday. Did you get a chance to walk around and, and see what there is to be seen here I, at the show? I started to purvey it. I did not really like complete the rounds. I'll probably do more today. There's a lot to see. 
And one of the things I'm interested about, we actually had Lance from Bovida uh, and Cullen Reichert from Green Bros, our wonderful sponsor from the show on earlier. Uh, and, and I asked them about this show. So you're up in Northern California um, where culture is, is kind of key and, and being in touch with the industry is key. And I know that the one drawback that people have had to this event is it does seem very corporate and, and a lot of big business, big companies, a lot of face-to-face, five-minute engagements that kind of don't sound like they're what you would get up in Northern California. Do you get that vibe too? Or are you running into people that are also kind of identifying more industry with you? Because it's a completely different event than like an Emerald Cup, for instance. Absolutely. It's very different. Um, I think for um, like for my purposes, this is a much probably better venue because I have the opportunity to speak with such a broad and diverse group of people from really all over the world here. And you don't get that kind of um, diversity at something like the Emerald Cup. Um, but certainly they both have their place. And it's great to know that there are still events that really preserve and express that Northern California cannabis culture well. And I think that um, this MJ Biz conference is really an opportunity to have higher level kind of broader interactions with um, the larger you know, global industry of cannabis right now. So Humboldt Apothecary, again, people, you can scroll down, Humboldt-Apothecary.com. Uh, what are you looking to, to achieve here? Well, I guess, but let's back up. Tell us about Humboldt Apothecary so people know what kind of business you're in, what you produce. And then I want to talk to you about what you specifically and your company look for out of a conference like this. So what's Humboldt Apothecary all about? Sure. So Humboldt Apothecary is a health and wellness cannabis brand. Uh, we're located in Arcata, California. And we have several lines of um, cannabis tinctures and um, some topicals as well. And our specialty kind of niche um, product is a line that actually combines other medicinal herbs with cannabis for kind of specific intended um, benefits. And uh, so, so what do I come to this conference for? Uh, for me, it's an opportunity to kind of get my head up out of the weeds, um, so to speak, and to kind of look around and see what innovations are occurring in, the, in this industry. It's moving so rapidly that it's really important to um, maintain relevancy. And part of that is really, um, you know, looking around at what are your colleagues doing? Uh, wh- wh- what are the trends in the industry? Where is this headed? And then... Um, you know, always um, I'm on the search for synergies, potential synergies with, um, you know, investors, with other um, dispensary owners, retail partners, um, just there are kind of like endless opportunities. My, my favorite way to, you know, um, navigate a conference like this is really just to be kind of wide open and to just, just come at it um, with uh, the perspective that it's just a great opportunity to to meet you know a, a ton of diverse people and you really never know what you're going to walk away with at the end of the day in terms of new connections and opportunities and you yourself you have a background in science you spent years as a botanist a biologist i'm guessing you were already somewhat familiar with the cannabis plant before going into the business of i cannabis. was indeed um in fact before i started this business i had been in the emerald triangle for you know close to 20 years already so and you have to be in cannabis if you're up there right that's like the main <laughs> profession it's like you know, people in pittsburgh are in steel right people in humble it's true i mean i was always kind of like um involved in more of an ancillary kind of hobbyist way. Um, I actually was a botanist and biologist for years, but um, I have been, you know, um, participating kind of like from the periphery and always um, have had a great love and appreciation for the plant. 
And with the science background, I mean, it sounds like you have the qualifications and the business savvy to have done well. What what makes you say, okay, the cannabis industry is going, I want to leave probably what I was doing that was a little bit more stable, I would guess, and then get into cannabis? I know, it's crazy, but I think that the great thing about cannabis and this industry in general is that there's just a lot of passion. Most people that I meet that are in the industry are in it not just because of the you know potential lucrative financial opportunities, but because they really love the plant and have really personal experiences that have kind of propelled them here. So um, to me, I you know left a career that was very um, kind of uh, there was a process in place already. There were kind of SOPs for everything. It was very established. So to be you know, participating in, in, in an industry that is, um, you know, totally new and we're kind of pioneering these great opportunities that, you know, can cause a lot of stress and pitfalls along the way. But I guess um, the amount of passion and excitement that, that I feel for this plant and this industry and that I get to share with colleagues is just um, irreplaceable. It's priceless to me. And there's no SOPs anymore. So now you're Oh yeah, none. <laughs> right. Never. <laughs> so as the CEO and co-founder, I imagine you bring all that stress on yourself. Had you had any previous entrepreneurial experience or was this your first endeavor as okay, this is mine and I'm going to build it? Yeah, uh, no, I've never owned a business. I uh, never was an entrepreneur before. So this is all new to me. And what's the percentage of I'm happy I did this versus every day I wake up and I'm like, "Ah, no." Um, honestly, 200% happy that I did this. Okay. <laughs> no, Would you say otherwise? No hesitations. I mean, you know, I could crash and burn tomorrow. I already have a number of times and I would still be back for more because I really do love it that much. Yeah. So when, how does that transfer into a humble apothecary? And, and I guess everything you were doing leading up to it, how does what you were doing kind of apply to what you do now? Sure. So um, as I, I did work as a botanist and biologist, but part of my love for plants has been um, to cultivate and learn about herbalism. And so um, I've been doing that for probably, I don't know, 20 plus years as well. When you say herbalism, what does that mean for someone who has, I, I've heard that term and I'm mildly familiar with it, but I'm guessing a lot of people are going to hear that and not necessarily know what yeah. that means. So could you explain that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So that is like the study of medicinal plants, mm -hmm. essentially. So is it more of like an Eastern medicine kind of thing or, or it, just... It can be. Okay. Um, it's, it's a broader term in mm -hmm. that you are using plants for medicine in general in any number of forms, whether it's teas, tinctures, and pills. Um, and so um, the, I, the herbs that we work with are actually mostly Western European and um, American herbs mm -hmm. um, because we were, my business partner, Susan Cleverton and myself, we both were kind of um, trained in a Western tradition of herbalism, but certainly there's, there are many great Eastern um, herbs and traditions of using herbalism in medicine. So then go on and uh, you're talking about how you apply that now uh, with Humboldt Apothecary and that approach of uh, your background of botanism and biology uh, into what you do now. I haven't even asked you what kind of products you're putting out, let alone uh, who is that consumer that you're trying to educate that will then consume your product. Yeah, well, that is a lot of questions. So let yeah. me see if I can tease them <laughs> I'll apart. I'll remember them if you don't, okay? <laughs> yeah, so we do, we make uh, tinctures and topicals for our business. Mm -hmm. And what is unique to our business is that we do incorporate other medicinal plants with the cannabis, which is um, a centuries old tradition. If you look at, um, kind of the uh, legacy of cannabis in medicine around the world, it's rarely been used as um, like a simple, which is what you would call 
um, an extraction with just one plant like we see with cannabis. Mm -hmm. um, it was largely used in many, many traditions and cultures around the world um, combined with an array of other medicinal plants. Um, and that is for a very specific phenomenon um, that is much like the entourage effect. It's, it's called synergy, right? Mm -hmm. Herbal synergy, plant synergy, where um, you know, the sum of the individual parts is greater than just the, the total when you add them together. Mm -hmm. The um, constituents in the different plants um, magnify the benefits. Um, they work together very effectively. And so um, creating a product line um, my business partner Susan and I, when we brought the product to market in 2015, we did that out of um, our, you know, love and um, kind of um, devotion to the tradition of cannabis as an herb, and um, wanted to offer a product that was probably seen something similar at in like the United States Pharmacopeia, where cannabis existed for. I think close to 100 years before mm. it was banned. Um, and in that tradition, doctors um, and pharmacists would offer products that contain cannabis with several other herbs, and they would be used kind of for a very specific set of needs for their customers. And all this is mainly distributed out of Northern California? Are you looking to go cross state lines yet, or just tackle Northern California for now? At this point, um, we're still a very small business. Mm -hmm. We are fairly well distributed through the state of California, and we are looking to branch out. I think um, we were a very small business to start with, and so we wore kind of every hat, and we just kind of finally got our feet underneath us, built out a beautiful facility in Arcata, and um, we've been you know, getting everything up to speed. And, and at this point, I think we'd be looking to branch out, but we're looking for the right partners to do that with. And that's something that's incredibly crazy to sit back on and look at. Uh, I, I know that I've been doing work with our sponsor, Green Bros, for four or five years now and have gone from the 5,000 square foot facility all the way through the growth of now. It's two football fields side by side. Uh, and I walk in and I'm like, I, I can't believe that I'm still a part of this. So I imagine for you as an entrepreneur, it, it's got to be pretty crazy going from a point where I'm sure you and your co-founder were formulating and making products yourself to now having employees and being able to arrive at an uh, office that you made and it, you built and you put together. Uh, what's kind of some of the biggest takeaways as a first-time entrepreneur that stick out for you in terms of how hard it is to really run a business and get a business off the ground? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing, uh, especially in this industry, and I'm sure you experience this with Green Bros all the time, is um, you have to have a certain um, ability to to pivot quickly mm -hmm. and to not really be hung up um, or too attached to any one methodology or idea um, about how you're going to run things because this is such a dynamic industry. It changes constantly and you know, you're know you bound to make mistakes and I think that uh, you have to see those mistakes as learning opportunities and just uh, use that information to um, kind of like uh, propel you in the right direction forward and you know the biggest thing I think I learned from 2019 um, you know as uh, we finally had adult use in place it seemed like things in cannabis at least in California were starting the dust was settling um, I realized that once I started to get very comfortable um, 
I, um, it was a mistake on my part because um, the industry changes so fast, you, you'll miss some really important trends if, if you just think, okay, this is business as usual. It's <laughs> not in cannabis. You always have to operate in a somewhat uncomfortable, almost yeah. overloaded aspect just to stay yeah, ahead of it, right? Absolutely. And you, you just really have to be willing to drop what you're doing and head in a new direction if things aren't working well, you know, if you, if you want to continue to survive. So um, to me, actually, like it, it can be exhausting but it can also be a great challenge. And um, I feel really fortunate to be surrounded by so many people that are just really inspiring, that are doing so many amazing things in this industry. I, I draw a lot of inspiration from that. And a question I always hate to ask because I feel like it brings up a misogynistic tone, but I know the industry is still very male dominated. And I know that being up in Humboldt in Northern California is probably one of the few respites in the industry where you probably don't deal with it as much. But being a female entrepreneur, your co-founder's female as well, uh, is that something that you've noticed where you've walked into a room and it's you know all male business? And this doesn't just go for cannabis, of course, it's for all industries, but ha have you had to deal with any of that being uh, you know the co-founder and CEO of your own female-run industry or your female-run business? You know, I, I'm sure that it, you know, I, I know that it exists at all mm -hmm. levels. I feel it less so. I might live in a bit of a bubble, as you suggest, being up in Arcata, and then I spend so much time in the Bay Area uh, where it is so diverse. So I do think that there is a ton of opportunity for women in this industry. That being said, I mean, there are so many tiers of um, kind of this industry and, and how it works mm -hmm. that, um, I mean, we're small. We're very small business in, in comparison to, like, the big players out there. And so at the, at the level that um, I operate, we, it's, it's a very diverse industry still. Um, you know, if I were, you know, trying to have the conversation and raise $10 million, you know, tomorrow, would I have the same access as um, men that were pitching similar ideas? Probably not. Although I don't, I don't know that for a fact because I have not experienced that firsthand. I feel like I've had a lot of support from people around me, um, you know, men and women alike. And so... Um, and I do think that that is, I think that it is a little bit more balanced in cannabis than in other big industries. So you launched in 2015, you're about to hit the five year mark. I mean, that's gotta be pretty cool, right? Yeah, it is cool. So it's what's, exciting. what's, what's this looking like for you? I mean, getting from one to five, I imagine it has had its own levels of stress and its own levels of building. But then you talk about years five on, most companies don't make it that first five. So I'm sure what you're looking at now from year five to year 10 is a little bit different than when you first started out. What are you looking to do in terms of humble apothecary? Where do you want to see it? Yeah, you know, I think we're going to continue to innovate great products and hopefully continue to take more of the market share in California. As well, I think we will be rolling out a hemp CBD line this year um, because when you have products like mine that are, there are a lot of products that have CBD um, and our general demographic, um, I think they find ordering a product online or walking into maybe like a natural food store to buy their CBD product, um, that feels a lot more comfortable for them. And so I think we will roll that out this year. So that's that's gonna be kind of our next big milestone, I think. And just, just to create greater access for our products um, nationwide. And then you talk about education in this industry is such a big deal. There's so much that is either misconstrued or just not known by the end client who walks into a dispensary or walks into a store where they can buy a CBD and just doesn't know what they're looking at. So when you talk about education around the products that Humboldt Apothecary produces, but not only that, around the industry 
entirely and the idea of an entourage effect or the idea of, of synergy between different endo, uh, your endocannabinoid system and cannabinoids that you're ingesting uh where does that aspect weigh into your mission and what you're doing in terms of the education of the consumer yeah it's really huge um it's kind of the the constant challenge is to kind of figure out how to um, distill down so much information that you know i want to share with customers about our products because I think it's important to know how to use them. Um, and we already have a product that is a little bit more niche and um, maybe less intuitive to your average consumer. So that is our biggest challenge within our business. And then you combine the fact that most people just don't have much of an attention span anymore. <laughs> so you have to distill down some very big ideas into very few words and images to really kind of like reach people in a way that, um, grabs them enough to, to, you know, go to your website or go to your social media um, and, and read more about your products. It, it's not an easy task. It, it is a really big <laughs> challenge for us. I imagine. I know that part of what you're doing isn't uh, necessarily educating about all of cannabis, but I know that cannabis is part of a wellness routine or cannabis is a part of a daily regimen. We're not just, you know, at the end of the evening, just, let's get stoned and call it a day, not worry about what we're what we're consuming and why and stuff like that. Uh, so when you do talk about uh, cannabis as part of wellness and a part of a lifestyle, what does that mean to you? Yeah, I mean, I really like to teach people about their endocannabinoid system mm -hmm. and to emphasize the fact that the endocannabinoid system is actually a fairly recent discovery in Western science and um, something that is um, central to all other physiological systems in our bodies. <laughs> so it's it's this very integral part about, you know, life and definitely life as a human, but, you know, so many different species have an endocannabinoid system and it's, um, it's just critical to every operation in our body. And so when people start to understand that a little bit and the fact that we have um, many modern diseases that are, you know, result potentially of either like an excess or a deficiency within your endocannabinoid system, it's an entirely new way of viewing your body and um, enables like a, 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 the understanding of um, why this plant can treat literally everything from a hangnail to cancer. It does, and there's a reason for it, and it's because it is interacting with the central system in our body. I mean, I just find that so completely fascinating and compelling. So I love to share that with people. So as a biologist and a botanist, someone who knows plants, knows the body, do you think it gives you a different viewpoint on all of this as you walk around the show, kind of knowing what the plant does? You can see what people are putting out or what products they're trying to market and say, yes, that has a place in the industry or no, I'm not really sure if that does. Uh, maybe not even as a representative of Humboldt Apothecary, like your actual company, uh, but are you able to kind of sift through the rubble that's in this crazy ocean of cannabis? Sure, I mean, you know, um, there's a lot going on out there and people are constantly <laughs> innovating new products and I'm always kind of fascinated and curious to see what people are up to. Now, whether or not it's a product that I would consume um, is entirely separate. I, I appreciate the ingenuity behind it and, um, you know, I, I know with my own products that it's um, something that I feel um, just very passionate about sharing. And I also accept that, you know, modern cannabis consumers are super diverse and that there is not one product that fits everybody's needs. And so, um, you know, I, um, 
I think that we'll, you know, keep seeing all kinds of crazy new innovations out there. And I say bring it on. I think it's really interesting to see what people are coming up with. Just another question or two, I promise. I'm not going to keep you too long. No, it's great. <laughs> Enjoying but, this. Yeah, we're sitting on this second level uh, room looking out at all of this. And it's nuts because we just had uh, Lance Lambert from Bovida uh, and Colin Reichert from Green Bros. We just sat down with them and talked to them a little bit. Now, they're both exhibiting and they've gone all in really in terms of their exhibits screen bros at the 40 by 40 booth bovida has built a second level onto their booth so everyone's kind of i mean lance called this the super bowl of cannabis shows and to an extent i think it could be uh but as someone who's walking and not worrying about the hustle and bustle of displaying it and really looking to add to your business uh what what do you think someone who will attend this show gets out of it rather than someone that's exhibiting you know what i mean yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not here exhibiting. I'm just attending myself and I'm finding, you know, most people set up just a ton of different meetings with people that they don't necessarily have the opportunity to sit down with face to face in, um, you know, regular everyday life because of, you know, proximity, distance from where everybody operates out of. And so um, I think that is kind of like the number one um, reason that most people attend if they're not exhibiting is you know, to go and network and uh, meet all kinds of different people at the parties um, and then to um, sit down and have face-to-face -face meetings with the people that you maybe are building business relationships with via emails and, you know, other agreements that you have going on. I think there's just something very personal about getting to, you know, interact, um, you know, physically uh, just, just to see people face-to-face -face here. And we mentioned earlier, I think on this show and then on our last recording about the Emerald Cup up in Northern California taking place, I think this weekend. This weekend, yeah. Yeah, they stacked them back to back. Why? I have no idea. It doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like great timing. Yeah, but I know that's in your backyard up in Northern California and a completely different show. Well, they'll have flour. It, it, it's a little, it's a lot more culture. Um, it's a lot more end products and consumer based rather than this, which is obviously a little bit more B2B. Uh, so you get, a, I'm assuming that show brings a whole different level of value to a company like yours versus uh, a, a show like this where it is more about I guess b2b relationships than the b2c yeah to be quite honest uh, I've been to the Emerald Cup for several years we were there last year and I don't find it to be incredibly valuable for a business like mine uh, where I see real value is for farmers that are mm you know, they've, um, they've had their harvest, everything's kind of settled down for the year, and then they have the opportunity to, you know, purchase new seeds, um, share their genetics that they have, um, you know, showcase the beautiful flower and extracts that they've made from their farms. And so I think um, it's truly like a celebratory event that really honors the farmers of, of Northern California. And, um, and I love those farmers. I work with them all the time up in Humboldt. We use all, um, flower grown from small farms in Humboldt County, actually. So um, they're near and dear to my heart. Um, but they're all right there in my backyard, and I get to see them all the time. So actually, for me, an event like this is far more significant and important than the Emerald Cup might be. And, and that brings up a great follow-up question that I didn't even think to ask till right now, but being as a part, uh, uh, as big of a part in the Humboldt culture and in Northern California as you are, a lot of small farmers up there. I mean, you have companies like Flocana that uh, you know, go through and, and, and produce and, and process flour for small farms so they can stay there. Do you think the way that the California system operates and the way that it's moving, there's always going to be a Northern California Humboldt Emerald Triangle where there is small farmers and small businesses making it? Or are you seeing a shift? What's going on up there? 
You know, I don't even know that it's really my place to say. I mean, I really try to um, keep my finger on the pulse, so to speak, and, and understand, you know, where things are going. I see a very strong um, momentum in terms of developing, like, um, the definition of, like, appellation and terroir um, in California, which is going to be incredibly important to help our Humboldt County and Emerald Triangle farmers really stand out and be acknowledged for their contributions to this industry, which is massive, right? Um, they were like the real, you know, pioneers in this industry. Um, and I, I think that the rest remains to be seen. I mean, coming to this conference, listening to um, kind of the big um, merger and acquisition, um, you know, experts that are really like doing these big deals, that's the direction that this market is headed is massive consolidation of businesses and, um, it's hard to know how small businesses will endure and survive. Um, I, I like to try to be an optimist about it, but I, I, you know, judging on, you know, kind of testing the water here and feeling what the what the tone is, I, I think that um, we are in for some major consolidation of this industry. And I, I, I don't know how that fares for the small farmer. I think it remains to be seen. Very interesting. Again, humboldt-apothecary.com. Great way to keep in touch with you guys. Uh, in terms of uh, new products, in terms of what you have going on, what's the best way before we get you out of here for people to stay up to date with what you all are doing over there? Yes, come to our website and um, sign up for our newsletters. We do regular blogs and um, send out all kinds of announcements about parties that we'll be sponsoring and products that we're rolling out. And check us out at Humboldt Apothecary on Instagram and Facebook as well. Very cool. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I'm going to let you go because I know that you probably got at least another half of the show to walk. You're wearing comfortable <laughs> shoes, right? I am, actually. That's the key. That's, I've learned the hard way over time. <laughs> That's so. the number one key. People mess up all the time is they're aware like a dress shoe oh, yeah. uh, or, or a heel, uh, you know, if you're inclined to do that. And then after that day, they're either switching to a different shoe or going to buy a different shoe. Right. Or limping you can't do through it. these halls. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> With some sort of blister on their foot, I'm sure. Again, her name is Gillian Levy. She is the CEO co-founder of Humboldt Apothecary. Go ahead and check them out. Scroll down, click in the show notes, humboldt-apothecary.com. Their website's great. Some great information and education on there as well, in addition to their fabulous products. We look forward to seeing what Galian and Humboldt Apothecary do over the next couple of years. It should be very exciting times for them up in the Emerald Triangle, where really it's the most friendly place you could have a business like this. It's very friendly to the cannabis space and the hemp space up there in Humboldt. So exciting stuff. Okay, that's going to do it for us on the show this afternoon. Don't forget to stay tuned next week for our release of the Green Bros and Bovida podcast. Some really cool stuff that they talked about while at this conference at MJ Biz. Had a great conversation with them. Can't wait to get the podcast out. So stay tuned to that podcast next week. As for this show, it is now over. My name's been Tim Strombel, and I'll remind you one more time to work hard, be humble, and stay rooted. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.